The Chargers added two more players to the COVID-19 reserve list on Tuesday, bringing their total to nine. Is it time to start being worried about this upcoming game against the Texans? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always, my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers for over five seasons. We started with our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys to everyone who checked out yesterday's episode with special guest Taylor Brashadi. We really enjoyed having her on. And we enjoyed your guys' comments and how much you guys seem to enjoy it. So thank you. To make sure you don't miss a show like that, make sure to go subscribe to the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free on all platforms and wherever you get your podcasts from. And rate and review if you like the show as well. But we have a lot to get into today, David, because now... Chase Daniel and Joe Gaziano, or Joe Graziano, depending if you're asking Brandon Staley or not, have been placed on the COVID-19 list, bringing the total to nine players for the Chargers on the COVID list heading into this game against the Texans. But we also have some other things to get into as well. So coming up in the second segment, we'll get into some Pro Bowl voting because a couple of Chargers lead the way, including Justin Herbert and the fan voting so far. And then wrap the show up with a couple of voicemails about the Chargers making the playoffs and some matchups there as well as what the Chargers should do, being more aggressive in some situations for the most aggressive team in football, right? So we'll get into all of that. But today's episode is brought to you my, by my favorite socks, Stance Socks. This episode is sponsored by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right, David. So two more names added to the COVID-19 list. And I think in a vacuum, it's not the end of the world when you see Chase Daniel, obviously. And Joe Gaziano, who's been a key role player along that defensive line, for sure. I don't want to, you know, minimize what he's been able to do because I think he's been impressive Yeah, for the role he's kind of been thrust into. But I think the really scary thing about that is just now it's nine, right? And you're seeing back-to-back days where you're seeing guys added to the list. And even with the more lenient protocols right now, I mean, we all know that Linval Joseph isn't vaccinated, right? So Joe Gaziano is a guy that's in that room with him, right, in the defensive lineman room. Could he be considered a close contact tomorrow? There's just the, you know, spiraling that can happen when you have one guy test positive. And then, of course, with Chase Daniel, I mean, David, that's getting a little bit too close to Justin Herbert testing positive for my liking, for sure. It's way too close. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. No offense to Chase Daniel, but I mean, obviously, we know the man around here is Justin Herbert. Like, there's no question about that. So, When you have his immediate backup, a guy who is in all of his meetings, is practicing with him in close proximity pretty much every single day, tests positive for COVID-19, you can't help but think, oh no, like this guy is right next to my starting quarterback. Like am I all world, young, like top of the the line, top of the NFL quarterback, Justin Herbert, is – around him all the time it's going to scare the hell out of you so yeah that's the first thing that comes to mind dan and i mean hopefully they keep justin herbert away from everyone like you that's the one guy you can't afford to lose i mean just bottom line i mean obviously all the other guys on the list um it's it's concerning you know because the depth is already was already a concern going into this but man if you lose justin herbert uh, i mean everything else goes downhill like that's that's that just can't happen 
Well, your point is well taken just because I think Justin Herbert is the one singular player, especially for this game against the Houston Texans that you're going to and might have to watch Easton stick that you feel like if he can't go, the Chargers could absolutely lose that game, right? I mean, I think every other player on the Chargers, if they're out for this game individually, right? Obviously, when it's nine now, it's like you're talking about a ton of players, which all make a little bit of a difference, right? And that adds up and we'll see who can come off with the new rules. Hopefully, some of these guys can return, unlike every other Chargers player we've seen put on the list due to a positive test in the past. But if you lose Justin Herbert, you're like, okay, well, now there's a real chance the Chargers lose this game, right? Just because anytime your backup quarterbacks, and I mean, the Chargers don't have a defense, especially with the names that are on the COVID list for the Chargers to, you know, grind out a win. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they're they just missing too many pieces where it's like they can't just rely on their defense. I mean, yes, it's a bad Houston Texans team, but your defense already is missing Joey Bosa, right? We're not sure about guys like Tavon Campbell, Chris Rumpf. And that's the other thing, too, is like the edge position, David. Like, Ugh. right now, Kyler Fackrell's on IR. Joey Bosa has been ruled out for this game. Chris Rumpf, who's just been getting some snaps, you know, and starting to kind of move in the right direction as far as development. Yeah, it's getting He's better. on the COVID list as well, yeah. right? And, he's, you know, a lot of these guys are key special teamers as well. Tavon Campbell, yeah. Andre Roberts, Trey Marshall. All of these guys play a role for this team. But in the edge rusher group specifically, David, that's a little sketchy because right now it's Uchenna and Wosu and who, right? I mean, we don't know if Chris Rumpf is coming back. Is it going to be all Kenneth Murray? Because yeah. I'm not going to lie, it hasn't. <laughs> been great with him out there right you're going to see more jerry tillery on the edge a mecca maybe he gets some run but obviously that's not a group that strikes fear in the heart of a lot of quarterbacks right now yeah i think the only saving grace when you talk about that group is that Chenin wosu is playing some of the best football of his career right now and i mean i could say that quite comfortably and confidently because he's getting after the quarterback he's getting the ball uh, i mean he's getting the ball back to the offense like he's really really turning it on right now it seems like things are really clicking so, I mean, that's really good news. You feel really good about that. Um, right. But, yeah, obviously behind that, you don't have a whole lot. Uh, I mean, they, they've experimented with Kenneth Murray out there. He's only gotten, you know, 10 snaps a game at that position. So Very small I mean, sample size. Yeah, sure. it's not a lot to go off of there. But what we have seen, it's been a little uninspiring, I would say, to, to put it mildly. Uh, he just he hasn't really created any kind of chaos uh, as a pass rusher as of yet. Uh, obviously, he's still new to the position, and that could change. Uh, obviously with coaching and with time. But, I mean, as you look at that position, and also I'd like to point out the safety position as well with Derwin James being out with an injury right now and Trey Marshall, a backup safety also on the COVID list. Like that position, those two positions to me right now, I mean, they're very concerning. Yeah, and just to be clear, Derwin James isn't out for the game. No, yeah, as just of yet. out right now, just out of just practice as, yeah, with the yeah, hamstring injury. Exactly. He's hurt, you know. One, it's the same with Alohi Gilman. We haven't seen yeah. him back in any kind of meaningful way yet, you know. So, and like, you still don't know it about a, uh, about Asante Samuel Jr. So, just that safety, you know, that secondary as a whole, just a lot of questions and not enough answers. Well, I mean, we saw what it looked like with Trey Marshall out in the field for an extended time, right? Now you have Trey Marshall's backup, a guy who maybe even isn't even on the team right now. It's hard to say. Going in and playing meaningful snaps for you, right? Yeah, your ben fourth DeLuca. string, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ben DeLuca, your fourth string safety, a guy who's really never played at the NFL level, you know, so coming out of a, a division two or FCS program, I should say. So, like, it's 
pretty dire in some areas, depending just on what happens. Because I think the hardest thing right now is just the unknown. So yeah, even though you just see, you know, Chase Daniel, Joe Gaziano, it's like, okay, well, now it's adding up, though. It's nine. I mean, we've seen teams get to like 30 players on the COVID list. And it's hard to say, you know, the NFL is going to just postpone games. I mean, there's no real consistency there no. to feel good about if the Chargers do get decimated even more than they already are. What would happen, right? But I think the right now everyone just has to kind of knock on wood and pray that the names just don't keep coming up throughout the list because obviously <laughs> this newest variant, whatever it is that's going through the NFL right now, seems to be super easily spread and it's been taking out numbers in mass quantities. So that's going to be something we're going to have to monitor, unfortunately, all week instead of just worrying about what the matchups are, how the Chargers avoid a letdown game coming up against a bad Texans team because the more these players come out, the more this game starts looking like, you know, an easy game for the Chargers or a game that they are 100% going to win. But there is some good news, right, David? And that's Rashawn Slater did come back from the COVID list. And he and Justin Herbert are leading the way as far as the fan voting for the Pro Bowl. Both yeah, guys could baby. be going to their first Pro Bowl, which is exciting. As much as it can be a popularity contest at, at times, this means something to these players, especially when it's your first one. So we'll talk about those two guys leading the way. In other Chargers who should be getting the nod today when the Pro Bowl rosters come out, coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that one of my dreams I've always had is going to a Super Bowl. And I'm probably going to do that for the first time this year with the Super Bowl in Los Angeles at SoFi. I mean, it's just an experience that doesn't come around often. That you don't have to make the cross-country trip. And that the Chargers aren't, you know, 4-13 and 13 and not even close to being able to sniff the playoffs. So, the stars are aligning this year for the Chargers with a hometown Super Bowl to maybe make some magic happen. And if you guys want to play in a Super Bowl experience while it's in town, there's only one place to go, and that is On Location. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL and the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package, select your exact seats, and choose from elite experiences, including exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food provided by the great Wolfgang Puck. All you guys have to do is visit onlocationexp.com slash SP56 for more information or search a Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SP56 or search Super Bowl on location. All right, David, well, now it's time to talk about something that's a little bit more exciting than the latest COVID names on the list. Oh, yes. Anytime we're getting away from that is great. And Please. Not even COVID can stop Rashawn Slater this year. The Chargers phenom first round pick a couple years in a row where the Chargers have had phenom first round picks that have come into the league and looked like already they're some of the best at their position. But the early voting for the Pro Bowl has come out in the fan voting because it is going to be decided tonight. They're going to announce the Pro Bowl rosters. So we're going to see some charges on there. I feel safe saying. And I think we're going to see Justin Herbert and Rashawn Slater because, David, they are the two leaders at their position in the AFC. That means Justin Herbert is over Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson as far as Pro Bowl voting. And this is just fan voting, right? But so much for the Chargers not having any fans, right? Because they're well represented on this fan voting with Rashawn Slater also being number one at his position at left tackle. And, I mean, we already talked about him playing at an all pro level. But right now, David, it looks like the stars are aligning for these two to make their first ever Pro Bowl, which would be really cool. Well, would you look at that? There are Chargers fans. Oh, it's it's kind <laughs> of funny how any 
fan voted on event that a Chargers player is in, they win. Why is that? Because of the power of the Chargers fan base. That when the oh, passion too, David. All the of the sudden of them. actually exist. But yeah. yes, these two guys more than deserving of earning their first Pro Bowl nods. They have been incredible. Justin Herbert in his second year after having one of the most historic rookie QB campaigns in the history of the NFL is having an even more impressive second season. No such thing as a sophomore slip when we're talking about Justin Herbert. He has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season, bar none. And Rashawn Slater looking like a 10-year vet out there at left tackle, uh, a guy who has been a, coming in to a position of arguably the biggest need and filling it and, and filling it emphatically. A guy who is a road grader as a run blocker, a guy who is incredibly technical and such a skilled pass protector, a guy you really trust, and a guy who earned your trust really, really early on with his phenomenal play. Those two guys more than deserving of earning their first Pro Bowl nods, and I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. I mean, Rashawn Slater's been a borderline all-pro. I mean, it's it's hard to, harder to no say doubt. that. At quarterback, just because there are a lot of great quarterbacks out there and guys that are much more established. But for Rashawn Slater, he didn't miss a step. And I just think that that's crazy considering he didn't play his final year in college because he sat it out due to COVID-19. So just come off a year-long break, take the the biggest step that you can take in the football world and start going up against the best pass rushers in the world. I mean, there's just no training that you can ever do to totally prepare yourself. Yeah, exactly. And like, he hasn't just been good. Like, he's been great so far this year. And Justin Herbert, I mean, we talked about it before the show. Like, it's not just being good. And, I mean, passing touchdowns, total touchdowns by a quarterback, passing yards, EPA, EPA per play. Like, he's up there with the best in all of those categories. Look up the it's stat, just... and you're going to see Justin Herbert up near the top. Exactly. I mean, there's certain things, I mean, that he's not. But, like, as far as just efficiency and how good of a quarterback he's been, QBR, I mean, he's top three, I believe, if not top one anymore. So, like, everywhere you look, you're going to find something that proves that Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL already. But to get that first Pro Bowl nod for him will be cool. And he does it in exciting fashion, right? Like, Alex Smith yes. was a good quarterback, you know, coach or quarterback to the Chiefs to, like, a 14-2 and record one of those seasons. Boring, but he was exactly doing what his brand of football time. was. Yeah, exactly. The dink and dunk passes. When Justin Herbert's out there, Daniel, he's putting on a show. The Chargers are exciting. They are exciting to watch. They are appointment television. Whenever they're on, people watch the Chargers because this team knows how to put up points. They know how to do it in crazy ways. They have a lot of deep touchdowns, and a lot of that has to do with the talent of Justin Herbert. And there's a couple other guys I think that will be joining them if things, you know, go the way that they should. Guys who absolutely yeah. deserve nominations on, you know, in this conference. And I think I'd start just with Corey Lindsley because that dude has just been everything, oh, yeah. you know, that he was advertised to be. Hell, I'm sure has helped Justin Herbert so much as far as making those checks and things out the line of scrimmage. And it's part of the reason we're, you know, a little bit more worried about this week because he's on the COVID list and we know how important he has been. But he's been borderline you know the best center in football this season and he just absolutely deserves to be there plus being the walter payton man of the year nominee for the chargers not a better dude not a better player at his position right now in the nfl besides Corey lindsley so i think he will be there with justin herbert snapping to his first time pro bowl quarterback 
And I think the other player that has to be in for me, David, it has to be Austin Eckler, just because this oh, yeah. dude has been getting robbed for a long time. And just for me, like when you look at the stats for him, before you could say, oh, well, he doesn't have the rushing yards. He doesn't have the touchdowns, blah, 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 you know. But now he's putting together a much more complete running back season, even though everything, you know, it, being a running back is an all-encompassing thing. It's not just, He's not just the pass-catching running back anymore, Daniel. He's no. the all-around back. He's the guy who's getting it done in every situation that you ask him to do. Rushing, getting those touchdowns, and pass protection, getting those extra yards, and obviously being an absolute demon as a pass catcher. He is no longer the pass-catching running back. He is the all-around back. Austin Eckler is getting his respect. Exactly. And, I mean, even when you go to rushing touchdowns, I mean, he's second in the NFL, or third in the NFL in rushing touchdowns so far this season. In the NFL at running back. So, like, that's huge for him, right? And you look first in receiving touchdowns. Obviously, he's the best receiving running back in the NFL by a wide margin. Most receiving yards by a running back. Second in yards from scrimmage in the NFL. That's amongst all players. He's only behind Jonathan Taylor as far as running backs go. You can't ask for much more than that, right? Yeah, and especially in the conference. I mean, the only thing, seventh in rushing yards in the conference, 11th overall as far as running backs. So he still has been a good, you know, ball carrier as well in that part of, you know, the running back purist kind of thing. Plus, Derrick Henry's hurt, right? I mean, there's some other things that will play a factor in it as well that will probably help his chances, but he absolutely deserves to be in it. I also think there's some other players, David, who, you know, might not pop up in the average NFL fans kind of view of who should be a pro bowler, but on the Chargers, they should absolutely get in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one one guy comes to mind for me, a guy who's really coming into his own uh, here in his, you know, fourth year in the league in a contract year, and that's linebacker Kaiser White. I mean, Kaiser White has been getting it done all over the football field. I mean, he has been hitting the holes. He has been covering people. He's been nasty, and the, the stats back it up. I mean, if you look at Denzel Perriman, who's the, the leading vote-getter at in, inside linebacker uh, so far, uh, you know, with, with the AFC voting, 134 tackles, 80.7% uh, completion allowed, 54, 54 run stops, 5 TDs allowed. Kaiser White, 117 tackles, 2 forced fumbles, 44 stops, 2 interceptions, and only 2 touchdowns allowed. So he's up up there, right up there with the best linebacker in the NFL or best in the AFC so far for Pro Bowls, and he definitely deserves some recognition, and hopefully he gets that in year four. Yeah, and obviously tackles are the ones that jump off the page for a linebacker, obviously. But, I mean, there's also the forced fumbles. There's the interceptions. There's the run stops. And that's the thing is I think Denzel Perryman's had a good year, right? I mean, yeah. I think the Chargers have missed Denzel Perryman in some ways, but Kazir White is more deserving this season than Denzel Perriman. And, I mean, maybe they both will get in. There's options, obviously. You're only seeing the number one guy. You don't see who's coming in second place in these fan votes. And the fan votes are only a third of what the actual voting is. The other right. two-thirds are coaches and players. So they will still have the chance to get the respect that they deserve from around the league. And I think that they will. So, like, Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater, obviously, we think they will be in. But there's yeah. obviously mo- more vo- voting that has to happen. And I'm sure if the fans are appreciating it, the coaches and players will as well. But other guys that, you know, should make it, in my opinion, Derwin James. Derwin James, for sure. Return to the NFL after pretty much a two-year layoff, laid off for most of two years. Comes back, and he's already one of the best safeties in the Come NFL. Come back player of the year, like, anyone? Yeah, I mean, if there was like the Dak Prescotts and some, you know, quarterbacks that were up for it, I mean, I think he'd pretty much lock it up, especially if he can get back healthy and yeah. not miss too much time with that hamstring. And the other one is Keenan Allen. I mean, who just continues, especially in the AFC, to be 
one of the most dominant wide receivers. So Mr. in the AFC, he's second in receptions with 92. He's fourth in yards with 1,007 receiving yards. He's second in the AFC in first downs. Those are all very important things, right? I mean, that's if, you, if you're taking three or four wide receivers, it's hard to argue that you wouldn't be in there. Obviously, touchdowns in the AFC, he's tied for eighth. So, I right. mean, that's the only thing. But, like, if he gets to seven, he would jump up, like, a few spots just with that. There's a big cluster, right? But he absolutely deserves it, in my opinion, to get in. So, Keenan Allen, Derwin James are two other guys that I think would be very deserving Pro Bowl recipients. And, I mean, I think if you're watching every game, Joey Bosa would be there, too. But, like, he's competing with TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. So, uh, the yeah, yeah, I mean, he is. But, I mean, honestly, if you look at the stats, I mean, obviously the 17 sacks for Miles Garrett sticks out to you, obviously. I mean, that's a that's a huge number. But 68 pressures for him, 62 pressures for Joey, uh, 29 tackles for him, 34 tackles for Joey, 28 of those being stops, 27 stops for Joey Bosa. Miles Garrett has one forced fumble. Joey Bosa has six force fumbles or six strip sacks um, and n- nine sacks on the season. So, I mean, yeah, the, the sacks discrepancy is obviously noticeable, but when you look at all the other numbers, Joey Bose is up there, right up there with Mr. Miles Garrett. Yeah. And I mean, I, but like I said, like, I mean, you're talking about TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, like those, yeah, dudes, got, those guys sure. are animals. Yeah. Well, I, I think both of them have set their franchise records this season for sacks in a <laughs> yeah. season. And when you're talking about yeah. something like a pro bowl, the sacks are the sexy stat, but Joey Bosa, as good as he's ever been, 100% living up to that contract. But awesome. we did want to get into some voicemails because we haven't gotten any in a while. We want you guys to keep them short to get them on the show so we can get into this more often. But we did have a couple we wanted to get into, including can Brandon Staley be more aggressive than he has been? And also, what playoff matchups would be good for the Chargers or how tough they would be of an out in the playoffs if they can get there? So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, about my favorite protein bar on the planet. Of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. I love seeing in the YouTube comments the other day, someone's like, F it, I'm buying some Built Bars. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of an indictment on me because it took me a long time to sell it to you because Built Bars are easily my favorite protein bar because you get the best of both worlds, right? I mean, you're getting a bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, net carbs and fat while high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Something that feels like a treat, but also fits on your diet. And I mean, the other great thing about Built Bar for me is there's so many flavors to choose from. I just see so many protein bars where like you can get like honey almond, you know, or something pretty like boring. There's like three flavors to choose from. Like with Built Bar, you're going to get like 10 flavors to choose from, plus all the limited time flavors that they have going on at all time. I mean, you can go Cherry Barcia. You can go with some of my favorites, Cookies and Cream, Peanut Butter Brownie, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. The one thing I would say, though, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar at any kind of family function for the holidays because it can get out of hand. I mean, people are very passionate about their favorite flavor. Me and David have gotten in arguments. The Locked On NFL group chat has gone nuts and almost burnt itself down because people are so passionate about their flavors. And if you guys are trying to you know, switch it up and have something a little bit different, if you like some marshmallowy things around the holidays, you need to get your hands on the Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through, different flavors all covered in chocolate that taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. But right now, we can even save you guys some money if you're trying to buy some last-minute stocking stuffers. Go to built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, David. Well, it's time to get into some voicemails, something we haven't done in a while. And first, let me just thank you guys for making us your first listen, as always. And if you guys need another sports show, I'm sure you have another favorite sports team. 
You can find that show on the Lockdown Podcast Network as well. But we appreciate you guys because there's a lot of good content out there. And you guys choose us to make us your first listen. So thank you, thank you for that. If you guys want to get your voices on the show, if you want to be a part of the show, there's one way to do it best, and that is by calling into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. The number is 323-524-7924. But, David, I think one thing that hasn't been talked a lot about was Brandon Staley not being aggressive enough in the last game with all the talk about the fourth-down conversions. We have a caller here that thinks that Brandon Staley actually should have been maybe even a little bit more aggressive in the Thursday night football game against the Chiefs. This is Tyler from Alabama, first-time caller, long-time listener. Just got through listening to the recap. Uh, one question I have that I thought you might have addressed is with the first touchdown in the fourth quarter, the Chargers went up 21-13. to 13. I thought at that point it was a good opportunity to go for two, to go up by nine points, two scores, where if you don't get the two-point conversion, it's really just a, a seven-point game. Uh, I doubt the Chiefs would have gone for a two-point conversion to win the game if they scored again. So I thought that was a, a good risk-reward opportunity. I'm curious what the analytics might say at that point, but I was surprised with how aggressive Staley was uh, throughout the game that he didn't consider a two-point conversion there to uh, go up by nine instead of eight. Love to hear what you guys think about that. So this is funny, David, because obviously Brand Staley took a lot of heat for being so aggressive and not kicking field goals, which is something I didn't think that we would be, you know, talking about with a Chargers coach because of all the missed field goals and field goal attempts and not going for it we had seen in the past. That I lamented so much. But Tyler actually brings up a really good point here. And this I was thinking the same thing. There's a couple of factors here. The first thing is, is there's still quite a bit of time left in the game at that point. Nine minutes and 29 seconds were left when the Chargers scored the touchdown to put them up 20 to 13 with the decision to make. You can go for one, put yourself up eight, and you make them have to go score a touchdown and the two-point conversion after that, right? Or you can go for two. If you get it, now you're up by nine. Now it's a two-possession game. You're making them chase scores and possessions. More things for them to think about, obviously. If you don't get it, and then you're up by seven still. You have a full touchdown lead. If you know if you don't get it, now they would have to go for two or some, try something crazy to try to beat you in dramatic fashion like you did to them right. in 2018, right? But this is the thing. So for me, I think it's a great call. And I, I thought about it as well in the Cincinnati Bengals game because in Cincinnati Bengals game, the Chargers went up 38 to 22. That ended up being, you know, uh, they didn't end up needing it after that because the Bengals never got more than 22 points in that one. But at that point, though, the Chargers had a chance to potentially go up by 17 late in the game, which is something I'm a big fan of because at that point, put yourself up three scores. In this point, in this case, put yourself up two scores. So it would have put the Chiefs in a really tough position, David, because if the Chargers go up by nine there, if they go up 22 to 13, the Chiefs ended up going down and getting the two-point conversion anyway. So being up by that eight points didn't really mean much in the long haul. If they go down there and do it, maybe they go for one. Now you're up by two, and you end up scoring another touchdown to put yourself up by nine again with two minutes and 16 seconds left when the Chiefs originally got the ball back. So I think this is actually a great call by Tyler. Yeah, it's definitely something that you don't think about right away. But then, you know, when when it's explained to you, you're like, that makes a lot of sense. Why not do that? Because you don't have much that you're risking, and you have potentially a lot that you're gaining out of it. You could really essentially put the game away if you are able to do that. And you really force the Chiefs to really have to stress a lot more because, as you said, a lot more to think about, but also a lot more to have to execute. I mean, because, you know, you know you're chasing those points and possessions, but you have to go out there and go get them. I mean, it's not a given. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was something that, you know, and if you're in that situation in the future, you have to really consider. But also, I think, 
you know, Brandon Staley did say, hey, yeah, I'm going to use the analytics to help me make make decisions, but I'm also going to see, you know, just how things feel in the game, and I'm not going to let that abandon, like, abandon how I make decisions. So I think that also kind of goes with it. You know, you, you make decisions based on the information and based off of how you feel at that given point in time. And I definitely get that, but I think that like there's nothing more frustrating than someone who's being inconsistent about it, right? It's like, okay, yeah. you're going for fourth one. I understand game flow and all that stuff, but like if you're going based on the game flow you've already had during the game, it's go up by as much as possible. That's why you're right. not trading field goals for touchdowns. You're trying to put up as many points as possible to get rid, get ready for the oh, run I that hear you know you. is coming. You know what I mean? So I just think that like there, I, I don't understand why they're not more adamant about trying to make it a two-score game or a three-score game. I agree. And, and NFL teams are all over the place do that. Like, it's a frustration yeah. I've had with many teams. It's like, hey, go up by nine. It's the fourth quarter. If you're up Put by seven, who cares? If you're up by right. seven, I mean, they, a two-point conversion is not that hard. What's a lot harder, getting a touchdown, having to get the ball back, and then going to have to kick a field goal takes a lot more time. So Force I that stress. Exactly. And, I mean, just make them chase some points late in the game. And if you don't get it, you're up a touchdown and they ended up tying it on the next drive anyways. And they probably tie it regardless of you not getting it if you don't get it there. But we also have super fan Zach from Florida calling in. So let's see what Zach has for us this week. This is Zach from Florida. So this is more of a comment than a question. But my feeling is that there is a positive coming out of this loss. Now, coming off this loss, when we get to the playoffs, and I believe we will, nobody is going to want to play us. Whoever we get in this first round game is going to get beat by us. Just wanted to throw it out there that nobody is going to want to play us moving forward. Have a good day, and go Bolts. Zach, thank you for the call. And, I mean, you heard Taylor Bashotti backed your point up yesterday and said that nobody wants to see the Chargers if they get to the playoffs. But the funny thing is, David, is it's kind of – you know, very matchup dependent for me on how I'm going to feel on that game because the AFC is in such a cluster right now. The matchups can change. If it ended right now, the Chargers would get the Titans, which as of now feels like a great matchup for them. Yeah. Because they sure. don't have Derrick Henry. Exactly. If Derrick Henry returns to the lineup, you know, right before the postseason, it looks like one of the worst matchups you could have out there. And the other yeah. thing is, is there only one game ahead of the Colts in the AFC South? And as another team, for the exact same reason that you really do not want to see. Exactly. But that's the thing also, David. It's like, well, should we be reconsidering that? Because as of late, the Chargers' run defense has actually been the strength of their team. Looking much better. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes threw for 410 yards in the last game. And, you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill combined for 339 of those receiving yards. So I think it is matchup-based. I mean, I think there's definitely some teams you don't want to see. But I think, like offensively the Chargers can match up with anyone right anyone. so I think yeah you're looking for the worst defense that you could find in the playoffs first of all I mean that's why it's like give me the Chiefs again I'll take that oh, yeah. you know round three for yeah. sure the, the, they definitely don't want to see the Chargers again I no. mean period because they know they know after these two games that the Chargers beat them the first time and they really just beat themselves and beat themselves out of a second win where they very well could have and should have swept you. So they know. They know the Chargers can compete with them on both sides of the ball. And if they are at full strength, they can definitely beat the Chiefs again. Yeah, and I mean, I think you don't want to see the Patriots just because of what no, Justin yeah. Herbert has, you know, as much as you want to take them out. I do definitely want to take them out. That's a tough matchup. You don't Bella want to see the, the Ravens. Place, that's just not yeah. a check you want to write. No, I mean, you don't want to see the Ravens. You don't want to see the Patriots. You don't want to see the Colts. I think that's probably the three that I don't yeah. want to see right now. Yeah. I mean... 
and things can change between now and the end of the season. I mean, I would favor the Chargers right now against the Titans. Mm-hmm. I would like I, I would think they would have a really good shot of taking down the Bills just in their current state yeah, right now. I would agree. I mean, with them coming back to earth in a big way. Like I think they would have a great chance in it. I think they have a great chance against the Chiefs. So mm-hmm. I do think they're a dangerous team that nobody wants to play, but I think whether or not they get the win is going to be dependent on who they draw. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it's it's very matchup dependent. I mean, like I said, you know, the Colts right now with Jonathan Taylor, the way he's running the football, like that dude is he's scary. I mean, he, that guy is unreal. He, he's, he's what he, Melvin Gordon was supposed to be coming out it, of Wisconsin. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the dude is the real deal for sure. So, I mean, that's a scary team, obviously a well-coached team as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, those other teams, I feel like the Chargers can definitely score with anybody. And, and on defense, if you have all your key pieces back and you got Asante back feeling good and strong and you got Derwin back there feeling strong and Joey Bosa back and all your key pieces uh, I think defensively, if you're right, you can really defend against anybody as well. So the Chargers are a very, very dangerous team going into the playoffs if they get there. Yeah, one if they get there healthy too. Because, I mean, one thing that you don't normally see in the middle of an NFL season is a team getting healthier, right? I mean, you right. can definitely get some key players back, but there's a lot of attrition that can take place in the next three games that the Chargers have just to make it into the playoffs. So the state of the Chargers is going to have a big you know, part of, to do with that as well. And, like, especially with the COVID cases. Like, can you imagine if we were seeing these numbers pop up in the playoffs? Like, there's so yeah. much that's up in the air and that could change so drastically. It's already and, forced a lot of ugly football. And, I mean, the potential for that to happen again is obviously out there. Yeah, it almost made the Raiders lose to the Browns' third-string quarterback after, you know, Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum couldn't go. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thank you, everyone who called in to the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. Again, the number for that is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But they're making us do the very short one. So try to keep it quick, and we'll get it on the show for you guys. But thank you guys for joining us and making us your first listen to make sure that you never miss a show. Make sure to go check out the new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and subscribe there. And also follow the show free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. We have a lot of old reviews before we were the host of the Locked On Charge podcast. So if you have a place that you can leave a review and you like the show, please leave us a review so we can get that number up and so we don't get fired. But <laughs> also, if you guys want to catch the show, we post the show to all of our social media every day. So you can find the show on our new t- on our Twitter at Locked On LAC. And you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. We also appreciate everyone who follows our at Locked On Chargers Instagram page and likes our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But make sure you guys are back with us tomorrow because it's crossover Thursday, and pretty sure we're going to have one this week. After missing the crossover last week, should be able to get back on track this week with Cody Davis and the Locked On Texans podcast. So make sure you guys don't miss that by following on all of those places, and we'll be here with you guys for that tomorrow. So make sure you guys make time to listen to the crossover episode tomorrow it's one of my favorite episodes of the week always getting some enemy intel and seeing what the state of the texans is right now coming off of a win against a lowly jaguars team but until then guys take it easy and go bolts